This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I am your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, who today rode in an electric car and squealed when I put my foot down. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because of the seatbelt. Oh, it wasn't anything to do with my driving. No, I'm s- no, it still scares me, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> it's only been seven years. <laughs> yeah, seven. My driving still scares you after seven years. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, wow, that's been a while. Um, my driving isn't scary, by the way. I'm just, you know, a race car driver. Can't. What can I tell you? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not an old lady, Jen. Uh, we have the Audi <laughs> e-tron, and. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry, this is like, it's two years, three years old, but it's awesome. It's so awesome. Oh my goodness me. Like, I I picked up a brand new Bronco this week, and that's really awesome. Uh, Bronco Sport, by the way, not Bronco. Bronco, mm-hmm. I bought, I purchased my own money. I know. I purchased a brand new Bronco. You totally confused me this morning when that was in the driveway. Right, it has, because it has a Northside Ford. Yeah. Um, license plates on well, it. And like he purchased a car, another one. Like he needs one. Two. You've purchased two cars this year. And I am shocked. I have. What else? Oh, the BMW. BMW. Yeah. It's like, wow. BMW two twenty eight XI, uh-huh. and that, and then the Lexus, and then the trucks coming back. Have four cars. Probably too much. Too no, much. Please. And then too you much? had to. Add, you have to add at least what four press cars a week. Yeah. Thank no, goodness. No, it's not you're... quite that much. It's sometimes some weeks, but yeah. Then there's um, never a place for me to park. <laughs> yeah, because it's all about you, Jen. <laughs> That's right. It's all about you. In my big truck. <laughs> you know, the only thing that really uh, is not fun about having an ele- Audi e-tron is the fact that I don't have an electric car charger in my house. And until the studio is built, mm-hmm. the studio uh, on, a, on the front of our property is where there will be an electric car charger eventually. Um, that's where the ch- car charger will be. Uh, I don't have one. So I'm plugging it into the household plug out the front of the house, and it's like, doot, doot. Yeah, with his 16 cord. hours just to top it off. And then just, just saying. <laughs> you got to make sure you don't trip over that, too, when you go in the house. Yeah. Again, it's not all about you, Jen. <laughs> uh, so, packed show today. Let's run down it quickly so we can get on to it. Uh, new Lincoln Nautilus. Just saying, 2021, lots of fun. Uh, Tyson Hominy is going to be joining us. He is the vice president of data and analytics. You want to know how car sales are doing right now? He has the inside scoop on what Americans are buying, why, and where they're buying it. Uh, we're going to talk about the Mercedes-Benz Maybach. It's not, sorry, Mercedes Maybach. Maybach. I have to say it right. Americans say M- Maybach. <laughs> it's it's Maybach. It's Maybach. <laughs> GLS 600. Ludicrous bought one. Just saying. I know. It dances. Got a video just to show you. Uh, Carl from Maserati is going to talk about his 106 years at Maserati. Uh, the 2021 Mercedes AMG. So if you don't know how Mercedes talk, how they do things, they drop the uh, Benz when it's an AMG or a Maybach. 
Um, so it would be Mercedes AMG GLA 35. Kerry joining us. Uh, Anton has got some really interesting stuff about electric vehicle sales. And we're going to talk hot wheels. And then, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about my Bronco Sport. And we'll talk about the e-tron and the F-150 hybrid, which I also have in my driveway, which is awesome. Awesome. By the way, if you order an F-150 hybrid, you might be waiting until summer to get one just because. So I had uh, I'm, I do some other national radio shows throughout the week. And uh, somebody asked me in the week, Doug Steffen from the DJV show, asked me, um, why are you going to have to wait so long to get an F-150 hybrid? And what, why, why did Ford screw up? And, and if you order an F-150 hybrid now, you might have to wait until spring to get one. And I said, well... There's a message there for Ford. Why did you screw up and make such a good truck? Ha-ha. <laughs> the truth is they've made some really, really good products recently. Uh, Bronco, F-150, you know, and if you, make such, yeah, if you make such good products, you're saying, here you go, sorry. Um, you, if you make great products, people want to buy them, and that's what happens. And on the other side of that coin, uh, Lincoln. Are making some really good products. Uh, just coming off of that, uh, Lincoln celebrating their dealerships get, getting an award for being the best dealerships, uh, one of the best experiences at dealerships. And one of the vehicles that you will find in those dealerships is the 2021 Lincoln Nautilus. And to tell us all about that is uh, Destin Simon. He is the brand manager for the Lincoln Nautilus. Excited are you, uh, Destin, that you have a 2021? Uh, arriving in dealerships yes uh, we're, we're super excited first thanks for having me on uh, this morning but yeah we are extremely excited um, our clients are excited and we've heard and the dealerships are excited everyone is really looking forward to um, having this new 2021 Nautilus in their showrooms um, we're, we're really excited I first of all I want to thank you for getting away from the nomenclature of having numbers for your vehicles oh. there are several car companies that still do it and my head still spins of trying to work out what the numbers mean what their relevance is having names is so much more imperial i like it uh, a lot more because now i know what you know an aviator a navigator a nautilus is uh just by the name it's much it's much better for my brain <laughs> uh, what is new for the 2021 yeah, so um, looking at the 2021, um, if you're looking from the exterior, um, the untrained eye might not see a lot of changes. Um, and on the exterior, it uh, was more about refinement than reinvention. If you um, recall, and I actually went back and looked on um, I don't know, your blog or your news uh, sites where you did a review of the 2019 Nautilus, um, not a lot has changed on the exterior, but there was an all-new exterior in 2019. So um, in the front, um, we're going to have minor changes to the front end. Um, the lower front face area, the fog lamps got redesigned. Um, but the big change is going to be the um, new interior. Um, it's a beautiful new interior. It was, it was well needed. Uh, it follows um, very closely to Corsair and Aviator interiors, um, which have received a lot of awards. So we're really looking forward to kind of coming full circle in the showroom and bringing that new um, horizontal signature design style to, to the Nautilus. I thought for a second you were going to say, I'm really looking forward to receiving awards for this. I mean, I'm sure you are, <laughs> but, but uh, I thought that's what you were going to say. It, the interiors of everything from the Navigator, I mean, the Navigator, amazing interior, uh, you do this sort of leather luxury treatment that obviously 
with the naming of your vehicles is that of what you'd expect the metalwork uh, of aircraft and the leatherwork of yachts. And it's sort of that theme carried through your vehicles. Yeah, um, and that is carried through the vehicles, and especially when you get to our black label themes. Um, so chalet, for Nautilus, we have chalet in the beginning of 21 mile year, and then flight will be coming later in 21. Um, but that's our highest level of, of, of Lincoln design, uh, our highest quality Venetian leathers in, in the in the Nautilus. Um, and really just a, a beautiful uh, expression of quiet flight, um, sanctuary on the interior, um, really bringing all of Lincoln design themes to life. And the, the tech got a, a boost too, right? Yeah, that's the other really exciting uh, part about the 2021 Nautilus. Um, so the first thing the clients are going to notice when they get into the vehicle is going to be the larger 13.2-inch um, center stack touchscreen. Um, it's going to be the largest in the Lincoln showroom, uh, so even larger than the aviator and navigator screens, and amongst, amongst the largest in the segment. And I know um, I've heard um, in just listening to reviews and hearing uh, what people have to say about the larger touchscreens and sometimes they can look out of place. Um, but the way the, the designers designed this vehicle, it really fits beautifully into the horizontal design lines of the vehicle, really uh, accentuating the horizontal design, not just looking like we, we you know, stuck a iPad on top of the, the dashboard. I think uh, one of the things that impresses me, a lot of things about Lincoln, one of the things that impresses me is that, that you know, I don't want to other American luxury car companies, but they seem to have struggled over the last few years in catching up with the Germans. You don't seem to have struggled that much. No, I, I think um, the way that they design our interiors, it's it's really intuitive. It's really easy for our clients. Um, and above all, it's beautiful. It really builds a sanctuary for the clients. And the other part of the new interior and the new technology I wanted to touch on is, is Sync 4. Um, so we have the first Lincoln with Sync 4 um, in, in the showroom, and it's uh, going to be beautiful. So what's exclusive to Lincoln is we also have a constellation theme that's inspired by the night sky. Um, it has orange shoes across the bottom to really kind of accentuate the, the horizon. Um, and um, it also simulates the galaxy and with particle effects when you move through screens, just really creating a, a great sanctuary and a really calm place for our clients to, to relax wow. and to and to be at peace. In the last minute that we have left, tell me a little bit about uh, Lincoln Calm or the portal to Calm that you have. Yeah, so uh, for all of our uh, new clients, 2020 model year and newer clients, we have uh, the Calm uh, partnership. So for our Black Label clients, they get 12 months of, of Calm. And for um, all of their clients, it's six months uh, complimentary, complimentary membership. And it's uh, a really great way for clients to relax in their vehicle. It's a leader in meditation, relaxation space. Um, we really think it really ties the whole aspect of sanctuary and our interior together for our clients. So it, you feel better and more relaxed when you arrive at your destination, presumably. That's, that's the whole goal for our clients. It's, it's a sanctuary from the, the crazy world that we live in today uh, every time they step into their Lincoln vehicle. 
I like the fact that Lincoln is reducing the number of angry drivers. Well done. Good job. And the, the, new, the new Nautilus arriving in dealerships uh, uh, now, I presume. Uh, very nice piece of work. You guys hitting out the park again. Lincoln Nautilus, the 2021s. You can see it by going to Lincoln.com. Or, of course, you can check out all the Lincoln videos at OurAutoExpert.com. Uh, we have some great videos of cars we've reviewed there. Uh, Destin Simon, thank you so much for joining us. He is the Lincoln Brand Manager. More Our Auto Expert on the way. We've got some good stuff. Stand by. Here it comes. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows. See automotive videos and inside car reports right at the website. Find your next ride at ourautoexpert.com. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, U.S car industry how is the health doing for november 2020 from jd power and associates joining us on the show is tyson nominee he is uh, the vice president of all things number crunching uh, he calls it data and analytics i call it number crunching uh how is november looking tyson a th- one million foot view uh, did we do well or is it a thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> Well, thanks for having me back, Nick, and hi to Jen once again. Hi. Um, November was was okay. Um, after October, uh, where we actually had retail sales growth, we actually fell back a little bit in November. Uh, wasn't the greatest month, but there's a lot of reasons why that could be, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of those right now. Um, but the good news, December looks a whole lot better. All right, so this is sort of weird. Obviously, COVID's weird for a lot of things, but there's sort of this weird uh, ebb and flow, uh, almost like you're looking at a, at a some kind of uh, sonograph, as it were, <laughs> where things go up and down. So no sales, a lot of dealerships closed, uh, a lot of stay-at-home orders. So we had this compressed beginning of the year. And then as the country opened up just for a moment – there was this pent-up buying demand. So we saw this rush of people running out. And then factories have been closed, so people sort of uh, sold out very quickly of vehicles, especially the models that uh, were sought after. And then, again, we saw a slowdown uh, and then a pickup, and now we're looking towards perhaps the end of the year being absolutely crazy. Am I summarizing 2020 (laughs) correctly? Hey, it's 2020. That's exactly right. how things go. Um, you know, if, if things are going well, wait five minutes. And if things are going poorly, you know, wait another five minutes. And that's pretty much what we've been seeing in the auto industry. All right. Let's let's dive into November and uh, try and peel away the layers. November sales uh, in a whole. Uh, how do we how do we look overall in November? So in November, on a retail sales basis, we are off two percent uh, from from prior year, which is which is really not bad at all. On a total sales basis, a little bit worse. We were off about 5%. And the difference being fleet sales, you know, sales to Hertz and, and Avis. Um, as you can imagine, those sales aren't fantastic right now. So those sales were off way worse than sales to retail consumers. You know, people like you and I that actually go into a dealership and buy a car, was only off 2%. I mean, in 2020, that's fantastic. Now, when you separate out different segments of the industry, like luxury, super luxury, uh, trucks and cars, SUVs, how do each segment look? Well, if you want to start at the very top, I mean, maybe it's the easiest to think about. The super premium, I mean, your your Bentleys and your Aston Martins and your Rolls Royce, that segment is doing fantastic. 
Um, it, it seems like you know consumers up there, they're getting a, a big boost from the stock market. Maybe they're not going on exotic vacations. They've got a lot of money. That segment is fine. Don't worry about Bentley owners, right? Um, <laughs> below that, premium sales and, and mainstream sales. So whether you're talking about uh, brands like uh, BMW and Mercedes or you're talking about your Hyundais and your Hondas, are all performing generally the same. Um, they're, they're very consistent performance on average. Of course, various brands will do better than others. But uh, overall, the two lower segments are, are doing very uh, similarly year-to-date, and, and that is they're off 11% sales year-to-date, um, almost to the same percent. Okay. Amazing. Okay. Then if we separate out different styles of vehicles like trucks, uh, pickup trucks, SUVs, passenger cars, where are we looking? How do we look when we separate the models uh, or styles of cars out? So pickup trucks continue to rule. I I think I talk about this every time I come here, Nick, and it's always the same answer. Pickup trucks continue to sell uh, extraordinarily well. Um, But we do have a few new things to talk about, a few new winners. Um, We have new Suburbans and new Tahoes out there. So the largest SUVs, full-size body-on-frames SUVs, are now outperforming even pickups. Um, So that is the the number one performing mainstream segment now is full-size SUVs. Interestingly enough, uh, that's probably because everybody's renewed their SUV models. You know, there's a new Escalade, there's a new Tahoe. uh, So everybody's sort of renewing their, their vehicles. That's right. They're, they're all brand new. They're all arguably the best they've ever been. I mean, from, from the Tahoe Suburban Escalade from GM to the Expedition from Ford, uh, both of those are, are just doing fantastic. And it's not just the biggest ones, but the next segment below that, the, the sort of Explorer and Highlander segment, um, is now for two months in a row running has been the biggest segment in the industry. Wow. So this, the, the three row crossover uh, is just continuing to outperform and it's really coming at the expense of the two row crossover. Where do things look bad? Well, I mean, I hate to say it for, for all the car lovers out there, but cars uh, continue to, to decline rapidly. Uh, you take like your compact car segment where you get, Civic and Corolla and some of the the biggest car names in the industry, Uh, that segment is off 28% this year. In an industry, it's off only 11%. We're talking almost a 3x decline in that segment. And that segment, Nick, used to be number one in the industry. It doesn't look so number one anymore, though. Uh, Minivans? <laughs> uh, minivans are, are performing uh, just about the same as cars overall. So you're seeing about a 30% decline in minivans. Breaks my heart. I love minivans, as you know. Uh, I think more people should should look at them. They're a fantastic alternative to uh, a three row crossover. But uh, you know, it's got that stigma. Uh, even even as I love it, people just don't seem to want them. And where's the best deals likely to be between now and the end of the year? Well, it's really going to vary. Of course, car segments probably nationally will probably be uh, your, your best bet. Uh, but, you know, right now you're seeing some amazing offers out there, actually. We don't have a lot of inventory. You know, that, that's, of course, the other really big story here. Um, so you're seeing employee pricing for all from, from GM and from uh, FCA, you know, Chrysler and, right. and Jeep and, and Dodge. Uh, but the difference to previous years is, it's not employee pricing for all on everything. It's on select models. So right. as you're looking uh, as a consumer, you're saying, you know, you don't, don't run over to, to a car dealership and say, Nick Miles told me I can get a discount on a Wrangler. Uh, all right. It'll sell so well. Right. But uh, 
<laughs> but you know, you're, you're going to see that on the models that aren't selling well. Those tend to be cars, um, and it, it, it tends to be perhaps your compact SUVs, which again are not selling as well as other SUVs. Right. Tyson, it's always good to have you on. Check out more at JD Power's website or our website, ourautoexpert.com. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You can start a conversation with us. Just ask a car question. You can direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Well, I got the great opportunity to be in Orange County recently and drive a vehicle which Ludacris took delivery of. It is a brand new Mercedes Maybach. GLS 600, Maybach, not Maybach. Maybach. Most Americans <laughs> butcher it. Uh, this vehicle is uh, the pinnacle of SUVs in North America. Paul Harmon joining us. He's the product manager at uh, USA Mercedes Maybach. And uh, I will tell you, first of all, um, I am hoping, I am hoping in my heart, Paul, that your company car is a Maybach uh, GLS 600. Is it? <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> I just got to I got to fulfill the orders first and then then I'll make sure I get my hands on one. Okay, good. Cuz you know, I think you deserve to know the product you're talking about. Just saying. Uh I think it's necessary to know that you're talking about it. Uh this is sort of the first time that you've had a GLS um Maybach uh in the fleet, is it not? Or in 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 Mercedes lineup or in the Maybach lineup? Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. This is the the newest addition to the Mercedes Maybach family, and we we are now offering an SUV in that category. Uh, and presumably, it's the same sort of story when Rolls Royce introduced their Cullinan. The need for the SUV in a luxury or super luxury SUV, you know, or super luxury lineup is much bigger. Uh, than most people expect, and the uptake will be probably bigger than the sedan, the uh, um, the Maybach uh, that comes off the back of the S-Class. I presume that the, the GLS version will be the biggest uh, seller in your lineup, and you're probably expecting that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no denying we, we are absolutely an SUV market, and everything continues to, to trend that way. My first question is, what is Ludacris thinking about putting his dog in the car? <laughs> uh, you know what? He, he just jumped in unexpectedly. He was, he was a good sport about it and got him out right away on, <laughs> in our white leather in that car. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I have five, and I'm very cognizant of that. And uh, I, I have uh, a new Ford Bronco Sport, and they and the dogs, like, I have to make sure they're in the house when I open the door because uh, my dogs, immediately you open a car door, they head straight into the vehicle because they presume they're going somewhere. So I make sure they're locked in the house the second I open a car door. I would be so scared about opening the car door of the, of the Maybach and watching them jump in on the inside uh this let us do a walk around so up front uh very characteristic of a maybach the louvres in the grill and it's only the second style of vehicle to have the star on the hood right yeah correct it's it's really the first modern suv that has the star that we, we call it proudly the the standing star on the hood and the the whole front of the car is 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 designed around the grill 
and that's now the face of the Maybach. So that's pulled off of the sedan version, but it has has a very, very good presence in the front of the car. It, it looks very different than any other GLS that we offer. It's very chromey, but not gaudy. Is that a thing? Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, I, you know, the, there's there's a good amount of chrome on this car. That's that's something that comes with a Maybach. But but in all the different variations that I've seen it, it, it just really works. It it adds to the presence of the car. And when you walk around uh, the two toned paint on the vehicle, there is a pinstripe line down the side of the vehicle. Is that painted by hand? It is. It is. The, the lower color of the vehicle is always uh, painted by hand, and the pinstripes applied by hand as well. Does the guy that paints it drink? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Because but... it's very straight. I'm just saying, like, yeah. whoever applies that is probably, you know, is, is not a drinker because he is very, very straight. <laughs> like, it's I, – I tried to find any fault in it, and I traveled down it all the way with my eye, and I couldn't find any fault in it whatsoever. Like, so, whoever does that. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, you know what? It brings back to me um, – the story of Leonardo da Vinci when he went to the Pope and asked if he could paint the Sistine ceiling. And the Pope said, why should I let you paint the Sistine ceiling? And Leonardo put a piece of paper in front of the Pope and drew a, a circle, and it was a perfect circle. He said, that's why. And the Pope said, all right, you're, get at it. I'm probably not those words, and it was in Italian. But ultimately, <laughs> it just reminded me of that same story. If you can paint a line that, that straight, you, you've got to be a really good artist. That's impressive. But what's the story with the, the, such a little trunk space at the back? There was a giant piece of metal in the back. I couldn't get any luggage in. I'm just kidding, by the way. Uh, so, <laughs> well, what we do, what, what's the main difference versus the, the, our, our regular GLS would be that we remove the third row seat and we're able to push that seat back just about five inches. And that, that makes room for, for us to give it the Maybach treatment in the rear seat. And then what they did is they actually closed the cargo co- compartment with, with what we would call a hat shelf, matches the trim, holds speakers in it, absolutely beautiful. But when you when you open the back, if, if your vehicle is equipped, one of the few options that you get to choose is if you want the champagne refrigerator in the back. That's what I was talking but about. There's a giant, yeah. giant champagne refrigerator in the back that takes up most of the I didn't. I, I still got my luggage in, but I was I opened the back and went, what is that? And then I, of course, climbed in the inside and I found the giant champagne fridge, which was pretty awesome. But I think that should be in every car, by the way, just saying. If I'm going to ride in the back of the car, I want a champagne fridge. I agree, especially in a vehicle like this. You and know what? It, it does easily come out. They made it easy to come out, so if you need to, to get your extra golf clubs in there, you, you can do it. You just can't carry your cold champagne with you. Right? No, no. Uh, who wants golf clubs? Cold champagne, please. I would also tell yeah. you that the, you thought about something very cool, and I, and I look, I'm weak, and I think about these things all the time, but you ha- if you're going to have a glass of champagne in the back... And you have a champagne fridge and you have a place for the glasses to sit when they're not used Mm -hmm. and then they're clean. But they put holders in the back, not cup holders for your coffee from Starbucks, but holders in the back that hold your champagne glass as you're driving. So you can slot them in and it holds the glass. That that's brilliant. Not that you need to worry about your glass falling over because of the air suspension, but ultimately that that was a stroke of brilliance. Whoever thought about that uh, clearly has spilt champagne in the back of a car before. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and they, they work really well too. Uh, I I just thought that was that was super super brilliant. My favorite's and, the seats. 
They're in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly had a really hard time staying awake when I was just sitting in the back. I had the car for a couple days and I uh, was in the, you know, just playing with it in the driveway of my uh, Fox Sports producer's house as I was staying with him. And I, uh, I just rolled up the seats, you know, rolled out the, uh, the ottoman in the back and I put the pillow, the nice Maybach pillow behind my neck and put the seats up. And I was like, I was fighting going to sleep. <laughs> like, oh, I was so comfortable, so comfortable. The other thing I noticed, which was really crazy, was I ch- uh, in Orange County, which is where I was in California, when I test drove this vehicle, they are gouging up the freeway. Like they are removing huge, big metal pieces, I mean, huge, big chunks. There's concrete barriers everywhere. The lanes are tighter than they've ever been before. And there's big chunks missing. The freeway surface changes. It will go from concrete to, to blacktop to pieces of metal, you know, uh, across the freeway. I drove that up and down the freeway there filming and it it you couldn't feel it. That air suspension is amazing. It just filters out the noise. It filters out the rough surfaces. It's actually amazing. You guys did a great job with that. Yeah, it's it's unique for me to say, but it's the most advanced suspension we've ever put in a vehicle before. So it's actually it is air suspension, but it's also hydraulic. So, so it's controlling each wheel individually, and what you what you experience is what we would call one of the the features called road scan. So there's a camera facing forward, basically just looking at the road, and it'll individually adjust each wheel a thousand times per second. It's part of our e-active body control, which is standard on this GLS Mercedes Maybach. And you know what else is really amazing is the fact that with the e-active body control, the car does dancing. Yeah, that it definitely makes my walk around a lot easier when I can get in it and make the car start bouncing. It has it has a has a feature in it, Jen, where it'll get you out of a sand trap right. if you get caught in sand, and it does this thing where it bounces the wheels in case you get not that you'd be taking your. That's uh, what my question was: is it's a great feature, but would you really take your Maybach? Well, and maybe if you were driving around the golf course. I don't know why you would ever take your, or maybe you take it down to the beach. I don't know where you the would beach, use this. There you go. But it sure is a great talking point it, of the golf club. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. And it was the end of my Fox video. It was just fun. It was really fun to do. And I had a four-year-old in the car when I did it. He was screaming and screaming. And he thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> It was the best That's thing awesome. ever. Uh, but here's the here's the news. Starting price one hundred sixty thousand dollars, one hundred sixty thousand five hundred dollars, I should say, and it should be arriving at dealers now. Is that correct? Correct. Yep, we sold our first first ones last week. All right, excellent. And we know one of the customers is ludicrous. Um, uh, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Paul Harmon, the uh, product manager of the Mercedes Maybach uh, GLS 600. Thank you for joining us. Um, I will. Uh, I was going to buy one, but uh, now I have to wait a little while because I bought the new Bronco yeah, you Sport. The Bronco. I have to wait. Maybe a couple of weeks, but then I'll, I'll buy one. They're absolutely amazing. I will. I just tell you, like, I wouldn't. I'd be scared to have the white leather though. I mean, if, uh, just be scared. I'd be scared. It's so beautiful on the inside. I love the white leather, but I think I'd have to go for the darker leather. And then the golden purple outside is awesome, but I'd be scared of that too because you'd be noticed a lot. You'd be driving down the street and people know exactly. Why are think. you afraid? You like to be flashy. Uh, only in my own driveway. <laughs> and that's between you and me, Jen. Oh, okay.
That was something that we had that was personal. All right, more Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. Great stuff coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, our auto expert radio show. Play the show. All previous episodes of our podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert radio show, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. The coronavirus pandemic has changed things in 2020. Few relish the car buying experience through a dealership. Uh, You choose your color and your options. Uh, J.D. Power and Associates have said that a sales satisfaction study for 2020 has found out a few dealerships are very equal. The study, which was adjusted for this year due to the coronavirus pandemic, points to Lincoln and Mini as the best dealership experience when buying a new vehicle. That shows that originally that Porsche and Buick were respectively one and two, but now replaced by those guys, Lincoln and Mini at the top. Lincoln improved significantly in the luxury dealership segment, jumping from a score of 819 to 827 out of a possible 1,000, the same as Porsche did last year. However, Porsche fell two points in 2020 to 825, which it shares with Infiniti and Cadillac. Uh, Lincoln last topped the list in 2017. J.D. Uh, included Tesla in the study for the first time, earning 914 points. However, Tesla couldn't rank because it doesn't meet the study's criteria. Lexus and Mercedes took second with 82 points, uh, 824 points each, which is nice for them. Ford having problems keeping up with the demand for the F-150. Its demands are so high, buyers already love the refreshed truck, but deliveries for 2021 Ford F-150 now uh, are underway, but they're having problems due to the significantly lower traffic uh, of uh, them being available. It's experiencing huge demand for newly refreshed pickup trucks. Uh, Dealers having problems uh, piling up for truck orders, and in some cases showrooms are selling them within hours of the car carriers arriving according to the Detroit Free Press. Early success comes despite Ford delaying the 2021 F-150 introduction. Uh, The company is pushing things back because of obstacles surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, There are two reasons that Alaska is the most dangerous state to drive in. Texting while driving is not one of them. The global coronavirus pandemic has a greater output on society due to significantly lowering traffic in the past six to nine months. Uh, Significantly fewer people are involved in accidents, and this means fewer people will die and fewer people will get injured. The numbers for 2020 are not available yet, but we can take a look at some of the previous year numbers. Each year, the number of people killed on the roads in the United States is above 30,000. In 2018, for example, uh, 36,560 lives were lost due to one of many factors, including careless driving, drunk driving, speeding, dangerous uh, sections of road, bad weather, vehicle defects, and others. 
three, uh, three th- sorry, 36,560 people are not with us anymore due to some of those mistakes. Of course, the situation differs from state to state. While it should be safer to drive in places like Minnesota and Massachusetts, it's an entirely different story if you're a pedestrian in Alaska. According to new research, the country's largest state by territory is the most dangerous state to drive in for two main reasons, based on the number provided by the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The study discovered that drunk driving and speeding accounts for 97.5% of Alaska's total traffic deaths in 2018. Alaska has been in the top 10 worst states to drive in list uh, for six years since 2011. It took the first uh, spot for 2020 from New Mexico, which is now ranked in second uh, space of that. Alaska's 80 uh, total road fatalities in 2018, 36 came when a driver drank and drove, uh, representing 45% of the cases. Another 42 fatalities involved speeding amongst uh, 52% of their traffic deaths. Researchers uh, have also looked at a bunch of other deaths in 2018 uh, on the roads. And uh, some of those numbers started to come out on Wednesday. And we're starting to see some of those. Uh, it's the safest state to drive in, Rhode Island. And you can see a lot of these results if you Google them as well. Um, it's interesting to start looking at it. I Some of the states I thought were really bad uh, are not at all. But it remains that South Carolina, which is one state I've had some very scary experiences in, is still one of the worst states. I do remember driving in South Carolina. And as I was driving down a, uh, a two-lane highway in South Carolina, I looked up and there was an ambulance in, m- in the my lane coming towards me with nobody at the wheel. Oh, and I looked at this and I went, that's very strange. And it was far enough away that I had plenty of options. So I could have driven into the, the opposite lane. There was nothing else in the opposite lane. I could have pulled onto the hard shoulder. And so, you know, it's that minute or two when it's coming towards you. And I... It felt like a minute or two. It was probably just about three or four seconds. And I kept looking at it and I was going, "Um, okay, so trying to work out what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pull up into this driveway on the hard shoulder. And it was still like, you know, 100 yards away from me or so. And then I was like, okay, here I go. And I was coming up to this driveway. I was just going to pull into this driveway and just see what happened there was a ditch so even if it had come off of the road towards me it would have gone into the ditch and still not hit me and just about before i got got to the driveway somebody popped up from under the dash because they were like looking for something on the floor and went oh and went back into their own lane and i'm sure it was like two or three seconds wow (laughs) but it felt like a minute 30 seconds i don't know and i was like i'm really shocked at this list really yeah um, what did they say? Montana and Texas tied for third. Yeah. Colorado basically is number five. Nevada yep. six. Yep. Hawaii seven. Yeah. I'm surprised there. Anyways, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, you would think California or Washington no, would I, be see, on those. <laughs> it's so funny you thought about that because California, I thought, oh, that's going to be definitely going to be in there. Right. No, California is right in the lower part of the pack. I actually went all the way down. I think it's because California is very strict. Um, but it's interesting. So I do remember driving out of Atlanta on a Mercedes program. So we started in Atlanta and we drove through Georgia and went up to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh-huh. And the Mercedes team told us, as you come out of, come through Georgia, 
make sure you obey all the traffic laws. Don't stray at all. Don't speed. Don't do anything crazy. Because the Georgia State Patrol will whack you the first opportunity they get you. But once you get into Kentucky, you know, you can go like 15 over. They won't worry about it. And I was like, because he said Kentucky State State Troopers, and they're not bothered. Florida, man. Nobody Is goes it? over 45. It drives me crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah but that's all because they're like 105 years old. <laughs> no, you're... Uh, that's my Florida audience. That's not true. <laughs> you're so mean. You're all beautiful people. I love you. And they have nice hands. They do. Yeah. Beautiful. I love you. All right, more Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast. This is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is the World's Radio Show, our auto expert. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily right here. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl, Jen. We haven't had many trucks to talk about today, Jen. No, I'm going classy High class today. Because normally you're not classy. Good no. one, no. Jen. <laughs> you opened the door I and I walked right no. through it. Carl DeBoer joining us from yeah. Maserati. He is the uh, brand manager for, for Maserati, celebrating 106 years and also talking about what's new for 2021. I am just going to make an assumption here, Carl, just, a, just straight out of the gate. You weren't at Maserati 106 years ago. <laughs> am I correct? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's correct, Nick. Right. Hey, how are you doing? I'm and good. Ben, good to talk to you again, too. So uh, you have this uh, fascinating video out, which is called Maserati A to Z, which is sort of 106 years of the, the, the cool stuff that you have done for the last 106 years. It's, it's such a great little video. I uh, hope you've been able to, uh, to watch it, right? It's, it's about four minutes long. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for, for your listeners who, who maybe aren't uh, as familiar with Maserati, um, we've been around for 106 years, uh, started with, uh, with the racing world and uh, Alfieri Maserati and, and his brothers uh, in Bologna, Italy, and uh, just took off from there with, with racing victories and, and beautiful production cars. But it's such a fun video. Um, I love to describe it as just a love letter to this great, iconic brand that we all kind of lust after as, as kids and even adults. No, I hate to nitpick. But I'm going to nitpick anyway. Oh, no. This is in English. <laughs> Isn't Maserati an Italian brand? It is, but, but it's a global audience, right? And, right. and it's something that, uh, that everyone can enjoy, enjoy together. <laughs> I mean, there are a few Italian words in there, like quattro porto. And, uh, Would you be able to even understand it in Italian? I speak Italian. I'm Italian. <laughs> you are not Italian. I am Italian. Oh, no. I am. Are you? You want me to tell you why Italian? My family came f- with Caesar in the year zero over from Italy in the year zero to conquer England. Our original name was Milo. We were foot soldiers in the Roman army, and we changed it to Saxon and Miles. Mm. So I'm just telling you, I'm more Italian than you no are, Jen. I'm 2,000 years <laughs> Italian. I'm third generation Italian. I'm 2,000 years old Whatever. Italian. Let's just, just saying. Let's talk about the car. <laughs> Sorry about that. You had to listen uh, to that. It's, it's I had to read Jen the Riot Act. Um, all right, Carl. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about, let's talk a little bit about uh, the history. So 106 yeah. years uh, of, of Maserati, but it's much more of a, 
a racing heritage than, than now it's sort of more of a luxury performance heritage that we see in America today. But it's really about sort of dirty core, getting down, guys in coveralls and sweat and tears, a lot of heartbreak, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're spot on there. I mean, back in 1914, when it was founded, it was just a few brothers in in a workshop in Bologna, Italy, with aspirations of having this this huge racing team and, and massive production uh, luxury sporty vehicle. And they really did make their dreams come true. Um, it's, it's pretty neat because as we released this video and, and, uh, you know, I can talk about some of my favorite letters in the video too, but, um, but I think our CEO Davide Grasso described it best. And it's, it's our presence is guided by the audacity of those who look to the future with confidence. And, and that's really what these guys were doing back in the day. I mean, back in the, the early 20s or mid-20s, that's when they won their first race in the Targa Florio uh, on the island of Sicily, a very iconic race in, in the whole classic car scene. Um, and then they went to Indy, and they won back-to-back championships. And then in Formula One, won world championship after world championship with famous race car drivers like Sir Sterling Moss and, and Juan Manuel Fangio. I mean, all of these these names, I, I'm such a gearhead, such a petrol head, as you would probably say, and and all of these names and events really like really stir up great emotions in me, and so it's so fun being a part of this brand and and really looking through the history. But but even more recently, uh, you know, and we did a, a great discussion uh, recently on the Maserati MC20, our new supercar that we launched, and more recently the MC12, its predecessor. Um, had 14 championships under its belt and to its name. So uh, it's, it's not just uh, the, the old, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s uh, racing Maseratis that we can look back to in our, in our past for, uh, for inspiration for the future, but it's really most recent times uh, with the MC12 and what we're looking forward to in the next racing generation with the MC20. Um, so it's, it's a cool video. I would love for your listeners to go and check it out. Just, uh, you know, go on YouTube or, or anywhere and search Maserati A to Z. Uh, and it's just a fun, fun video to watch. I really like the last few letters of the alphabet, including P R, uh, U V, um, which I'll tell you what they are if you don't know. Um, but I'm sure you do passion, rebel, yeah. <laughs> unorthodox, visceral, and winning in style. Wow, it sounds like you. I'm just saying they're my mm. they're my words. <laughs> this could almost almost have been written about me with a few slight changes. Uh. Fast, heartbeat, <laughs> innovation, just one look, keeping dreaming big. I mean, doesn't it sound like me? Just read that list off. You would in fact, if you didn't know me and you read that list off and you met me, you'd go, "Was that list about you?" Do I have to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's Jen and I, brother yeah. and sister love. Yeah, exactly. Uh, currently, you have some pretty awesome vehicles that are uh, available. One of my favorites, the Levante, um, mm. which uh, you have some amazing variants of out there. The SUV, probably your biggest seller, I'm going to guess. Yeah, definitely, and, uh, and and it's pretty fun because uh, with the 21 mod years, we introduced uh, quite a bit of new tech and, and new features, um, and, and so that's been really exciting too. So as we as we look to the past with this fun video, we're also uh, you know kind of boldly taking steps in the present uh, with our model lineup. So 
Uh, your viewers or your listeners are probably familiar with the Ghibli and Quattroporte nameplates, the Levante, as you mentioned. Uh, one of my favorite products as well, our, our SUV. Um, those all come now with our new uh, Maserati Intelligent Assistant, our new infotainment system, which is uh, it's faster, uh, more nimble. It's based off of the Android uh, automotive operating system. Uh, just really, really neat technology. You can create unique user profiles, and, and there's so much you can do in the system. Um, but the new vehicles also come with uh, neat features like the new redesigned grille, uh, which features a tuning fork design, uh, much more aggressive and, and stylish uh, than previous model years. And then the rear of the vehicle actually is now highlighted with this great boomerang tail lamp design, which is based off of uh, a 3200 GT that Jujaro designed back in the 90s. So uh, if that doesn't get your kind of uh, your 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 blood pumping when when you hear all those sorts of reminiscent terms uh i don't know what will but uh but those are some some of the great things that you can look forward to in the new 21 mod ears um, we also have the redesigned instrument cluster uh the all new active driving assist feature which is an extension of the highway assist functionality and then our all new maserati connect which is our connected services that's probably one of the biggest um, updates that we have for the 21 model your vehicle so you're always connected to your car uh, and, and you have great features like over-the-air updates so everything is constantly being updated in the background uh, while you drive your Maserati I um, I know you want to talk about future product so uh, I'm just anticipating some changes to Quattroporte because um, although it's an amazing vehicle, you guys are going through a revolution of new stuff as well. Obviously, with the uh, with the new sports car that you recently announced, um, the MC20. Um, so you probably got things that you're getting ready to talk about in the future, right? Yeah, there's a lot of exciting things going on right now, and it really is a bold new era as as we continuously say um, inside the company internally. It it truly is with with the launch of the Trofeo collection back in August to the launch of the MC20 in September, um, and then the announcement of the all new SUV, the Gricale, uh, the reintroduction of the Maserati Gran Turismo. Um, and then uh, the, the MC20 um, uh, electrified vehicles. We also have the all-new electrified program, uh, yeah. so named Fulgore, which means lightning in Italian. So uh, lots of great, great, great new uh, new products being announced here. Yeah, so we should just keep an eye on you. And then um, I'm still waiting for my MC20 uh, test drive. Is that coming? <laughs> It's, it's coming. Okay. Don't, don't worry about it, Nick. Yep. Production starts for the MC20 for the North American market uh, uh, mid uh, next year. So we're super excited to have those on the ground so that everyone can uh, can drive them and, and try them out. I'm excited to drive one, too. So uh, we'll we'll grab one together. Should nice. I just wait at the end of my driveway? You might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll swing by and pick you up. Don't okay. Worry. Good. I can do that. Um, presumably the 2021s are in dealerships now, right? They are. Yep, yep. They're starting to arrive now. Uh, they just started uh, a little while ago, and so if uh, if any of your your listeners are looking for a vehicle or, or curious about the Maserati brand in general, I just invite them to to go down to their local dealership or search on the Maserati.com uh, website, MaseratiUSA.com website, and uh, and find them that way. But uh, but they're on the ground. Uh, they look great. 
Uh, and we're excited for, for all of our clients to be able to experience them. I know my friend Steve Wintermantle at Ron Tonkin Gran Turismo, which is uh, a Maserati dealer locally to my house, one of my houses. Uh, they invited me down to uh, to test drive the MC20. Um, I'm sure they don't have it anymore, but um, I, I probably missed that, my opportunity <laughs> when it was there. I'm kicking myself. I think I was in Texas at the time, so I couldn't wrong? do that. I, I know. I know. Jumped on a plane, man. Maybe it's, I just hit my head. I don't know. Uh, hey, thank you for yeah. joining us, uh, Carl. It's been awesome yeah. talking to you. Thank and you uh, I'll be at the end of my driveway when you swing by. More Our Auto Expert on the way. Coming up. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see our automotive videos, and read inside car stories about your next ride. You can do it all at Our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. We'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. All right, well, we're having a great show now. At least I am. Jen might be mad at me by the end of the show. Never. Uh, what? Yeah, well, I clearly, won't admit it on the air. Clearly not. <laughs> clearly not working hard enough to make you mad at me. Uh, I, of course, like to test drive vehicles and make sure that everybody knows what they're getting into before they... Oh, felt a sneeze coming on. Not quite. No, went away. Are you all right? Yeah, no. Wait. Don't, don't no. look at the lights. Don't look... Uh, I, uh, I'm pretty excited because I got to uh, be on the launch of the GLA, the Mercedes-Benz small SUV, and uh, soon we'll have the GLA AMG version of the vehicle, the 35, uh, the AMG, GLA AMG 35, coming to my house to test drive. It's cute. Next, I think it's coming on Thursday. Yes, it is. And so I'm pretty excited that uh, Kerry Richardson is joining us on the phone to talk about it. So Kerry, you have to understand I haven't been in it yet. Uh, so I'm not really sure uh, how incredible it is, but uh, how fast can I get zero to 60 out of it? <laughs> so um, I'm very excited for you to test it. Um, the zero to 60 in this new GLA 35 is five seconds. So I'm hoping that you can confirm that for me. Um, Do you think I can get it faster than five? Well, let's see. If you do, let me know for sure. <laughs> Are you a bit worried that I'm going to be trying? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we hit uh, a safety first in all of our AMGs, of course. <laughs> do you track me when I'm driving it? Like, do you have a little machine in there that sends data back to Mercedes going, this is what Nick's doing in the car? We don't, but we can, um, actually. So there are some features, um, for instance, the AMG track pace. They can track your time um, and keep record of that. So I'm just saying, if I was you, I'd be putting a black box in the vehicle. Just saying. I don't <laughs> know. I'd do that. <laughs> well, Nick. I know me. I'd be doing that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so this, listen, this is the this is the baby of the SUV family, but it's also probably the the stepping stone for a lot of people to get into the Mercedes family, right? Yes. Yeah, so this model actually kind of rounds out our compact SUV segment. So it is the entry AMG SUV. Um, we have the GLA 35, and of course the GLB 35, and then it goes up from there the GLE, um, the GLS, and of course the G Class. So we're very excited about this new entry model. Um, in the previous generation, we only had a 45 model. So now we have a bit of engine um, variant for everyone. So is there still a 45 or the 35 is the only AMG version? 
Yes, we have a 35, uh, 35 and a 45. The 35 launched a little, um, a few months ago, and the 45 actually just launched this week. So we're very excited to get those back, uh, get those into the dealership. So let's talk about the jump from a regular uh, GLA to the 35. So what are the enhancements in the AMG version versus the non-AMG version? Yeah, of course. So first we start with the AMG Enhanced Engine. That's a two-liter four-cylinder turbo. Um, it gets you 302 horsepower, 295 pound-feet of torque, which is pretty exciting for this, you know, small, compact SUV. Um, we do, you know, lean towards a 40-year, trendier customer, um, and it's noticeably bigger. Um, it has the AMG-specific radiator grid that we all know and love and easily identifies an AMG from a Mercedes-Benz vehicle. Right. We do have the double 10.25-inch um, displays that are standard in this model, so the widescreen cockpit. Um, which is one of the major interior differentiators between the By the way, why, why doesn't every car in the world have this? It's like once you've been inside with this huge cockpit that stretches, it stretches almost all the way across the dash. Yeah. And it's like once you've yeah. been in that, why would you accept anything less? Like it's, yeah. it, it seems like <laughs> I can't, you're spoiled. I can't get back into a vehicle without <laughs> it. It's like, what are people thinking not getting this? I mean, I know I am spoiled. You were spoiled. I am. Out of you know, we're we're looking to incorporate more of that into all of our Mercedes models. So we're very happy that um, it does come standard on this model. So everyone gets to visibly see everything happening in the car. And of course, with the MBUX, you can interact with uh, the voice feature. We have the touch screen, and then we have also the touch center console as well. So a lot of ways to interact with the model. Um, what is the sort of price starting for these vehicles? So the pricing will start at $47,550 for this one, which is a, a great entry price for our SUV segment, especially for an AMG. Um, and you get a lot within that. Um, of course, the engine is in performance, but also, you know, it comes with um, the rear spoiler, which also you can make larger with our aerodynamics package. So we have a lot that can that gets you... Um, get you going with this GLA 35. It's also luxury, uh, you know, luxury on the inside as well, performance, uh, driving dynamics, uh, the quality, um, the interior quality, those type of things. Although I do feel like now some of these things, uh, we're getting to the stage, I mean, even things like eight-speed uh, dual-clutch transmission, you, you, you can't live without. Once you've had that and you feel how smooth it is to drive a vehicle and you get into a vehicle that doesn't have that sort of transmission, you're like, what? What are people thinking? I also think people are going to run out of dashboard, by the way. The bigger you start to make these screens, at some point people are going to go, wait, I've hit the other side of the dash. We can't do this anymore. You're going to do that. And I will say one thing, too, that I really enjoy about this GLA 35 is the dynamic select programs that we have. So, you know, you can change your drive programs from slippery to comfort to sport to sport plus, and there's even individual for you to program it yourself, which is amazing. And it changes all of the relevant parameters, you know, such as engine response and transmission response. So that's really helpful in a, in a vehicle of this size and its capability. Okay, so the question Nick hasn't answered yet is, does it have a drift mode? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately... <laughs> You're out of luck, Nick. have drift mode. Um, but, I mean, it's still a lot of fun. It's still a lot of fun. And I think that the slippery mode really helps us um, in those low-grip, icy road conditions. Um, you know, if you get it to drift, please let me know. Again, I would, I would love to see 
how that works out for you. Well, you'll, um, you'll, you'll find out, Carrie. You'll find out. By the way, the one you send me, don't bother sending any of those driving modes. Just send it in Sport Plus. I won't, I won't need any other driving mode apart from that. Um, Carrie. Okay. Favorite as well. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're sadly out of time, but uh, I will report back and tell you uh, how fast I got it to go and uh, how much drifting I had to do. Uh, you might want to have a better set of extra tires on standby just in case. I'm not trying to scare you, I promise. I promise. Uh, Kerry Richardson from uh, Mercedes, thank you so much for joining us. Stand by, more Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is Our Auto Expert Show. Our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can just start a conversation with us. Ask a car question. Just direct messages at Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Thanks to all the new followers that we get every time we're on the radio or TV around the country. It's awesome to uh, answer your questions. We help people buy cars. We give them advice. We often negotiate for them with uh, car companies and local dealers. We introduce them to people, and we're always happy to do that as part of you. Also, if you're a local dealer and you want to talk to us about product or reaching a better audience, we're always happy to have you on to talk about your product. Uh, we are a full service friend of anybody who is interested in buying, selling, or just talking about cars or their car products. Uh, we will help anybody that needs to be part of the automotive industry. I'm just a good guy, aren't I, really? I should get a medal. Jen says that every time she talks to me. She's left the studio now, so I can say whatever I like to about her. Uh, Anton Wallman is an independent analyst and investor. He joins us every single week to talk about what's happening in the automotive industry. You can read a majority of his stuff at The Street or Seeking Alpha. Uh, Anton, this week, the European electric car registrations for 2020 are seeing a 200% raise for all brands over. Uh, all over and compared to 2019. However, Tesla is on track for its fourth quarter to be down around 50% from 2019. Bad news for Tesla, or is this just a blip on the landscape? What say you, Anton Woolman? Well, there are a few things going on here, Nick. Uh, so uh, roughly at the midpoint of this year, uh, the European electric car market took off like a rocket, having come out from the difficulties in the first half of the year. And we're now seeing the European electric car market grow at least about 200% year over year. But strangely enough, uh, Tesla is not participating in that increase. In fact, it hasn't participated at all. I mean, Tesla is down year over year compared to last year, whereas the rest of the industry is up over 200%. So as you might imagine, Tesla's market share has uh, fallen quite dramatically. When when you're down and everybody else is up 200%, then that's a bit of a problem. Now, clearly, in just a few days or weeks from now, uh, Tesla will start delivering the Model Y in Europe. The, that hasn't happened yet because uh, the company had been focusing on selling that car in uh, North America first. But uh, I think the car is already has been uh, hopped on the boats going to Europe, and uh, sales is uh, going to start there pretty imminently. So clearly they will have a little bit of a, a bump coming out of that at some point here pretty soon. But uh, before that, here just now in December and in November and in October, were some really bad months for Tesla when uh, they've just been losing and losing market share in Europe. 
We've all known for a while that Tesla's days are somewhat numbered. I mean, it's not reflected in the stock market, and many people see the the stocks as a sort of a disassociation from the real world of what Tesla's sales are because the company has such intuitive technology. But we see other car companies catching up with them in tech. Uh, it's very much known that Tesla's tech was way advanced early in the early years, and they were ahead of the game when it came to their car technology. But their build technology is always been way behind. Other car companies have had hundreds of years to perfect the build technology. Tesla had very few years to do that. And now I I can just tell you myself, getting into things like the Audi e-tron, mouth dropper. I hadn't driven it in the first two years it was out. Got one delivered for a test drive this week. Mouth dropper, absolutely flawed compared to any Tesla I'd been in. Couldn't understand why anybody would buy anything but an Audi e-tron. So when you see technologies of some cars and some build qualities of some cars out there compared to Tesla, uh, they just can't keep up with what other car companies are doing. And I think people are starting to realize that when they have so many vehicles coming out on the market and and i think europeans are uh, of course they have a lot they're sort of ahead of the game compared to america right yeah there are a few things going on there nick first of all with respect to the audi e-tron clearly audi is not as strong of a brand in north america as it is in europe in europe the audi e-tron has uh, dramatically outsold the uh, tesla model s the tesla model x combined by multiples, not just this year, but already starting last year. In North America, clearly, that's Tesla's home market. Uh, Audi has not done quite as well, uh, but that's where it stands on that. When, when you bring up the uh, word technology, let's also remember that there are different types of technologies going on here that cater to different types of preferences for people. Uh, when it comes to just uh, getting to a an all-electric car, uh, almost all the automakers have one now, or more than one of them. And when you drive them, they have more in common with each other than not, meaning that the basic drive feel of just driving around in regular traffic, the the level of character differences that you will find between other cars in the good old internal combustion engine world could be quite uh, dramatic. I mean, one car felt very different than the other. When it comes to electric cars, the differences are very, very small. So then we move into other areas of technology, the kind of stuff that you see and touch when you sit in the car, infotainment and knobs and buttons are lack thereof. And there, one might say that different people differ, have, simply have different preferences. Some people like very big touch screens and no knobs and no buttons, yet other people prefer good old-fashioned knobs and buttons. And I think there's a market for very different approaches there. Tesla took one extreme early into the market. Many automakers are copying that now, and some are not choosing to copy it quite as much. If you get into the basic electric electric cars from Hyundai and Kia, the uh, Kia Nero and the Hyundai Kona electric cars, they look and feel mostly like a regular uh, pre-electric car. And uh, a lot of people tend to like that. And, and that is reflected in the sales numbers in many countries in Europe, from Spain to Norway and everything in between. Now, one of the things I noticed that Tesla has a slight advantage on is they they sort of bridge uh, they bridge styles of vehicle. So you've got things like the Ionic from Hyundai, um, which may be seen as similar to something like the Tesla Model Three, uh, but Tesla also have the Model S, which may be seen to something like the Karma. And so you have two very different styles of car from one company, whereas you don't really have an, a, a car company that bridges those different models that sells. I mean, unless you count. Some 
something like Audi that has the e-tron uh, GT version and the VW ID4, which would be maybe the same company that bridges the same sort of things that Tesla has. So Tesla's appealing to multiple different markets, isn't it? Whereas car companies here tend to sort of stick to either family vehicles or luxury vehicles or performance vehicles. And Tesla kind of brings everybody together. Yeah, I think this is a reflection of how relatively early uh, this market is. Uh, when the car companies launch an electric car, an all-electric car, they tend to do it with one model first, and then wait two or three years, and then, then launch a second one. Uh, so, you know, in the early stages, you know, clearly they will be focused on just one particular corner of the market. If you take the entire Volkswagen group, though, it includes Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen, Seat, and Skoda in Europe, that are very big brands in Europe. Then you're starting to see that under the umbrella of the greater Volkswagen group, you do see now a very wide span of different creations coming out. We have the hippie bus from Volkswagen coming out in barely a year and a half from now, and we have the, the Porsche Taycan and a long laundry list of small econo boxes uh, from Volkswagen, Skoda, and Seat that are sold mostly in Europe, but are also uh, going to be exported over time into other geographic areas. So I think what we're seeing here is that something that will change over time. Now, so Tesla's market in Europe is obviously going to get uh, smaller and smaller because Europe is where most of these electric cars are going to start to be released. Do you see Tesla eventually having an, an, an unsignificant amount of vehicles in Europe? Well, I think they will continue to lose market share because the sheer onslaught of the competition, there are uh, almost 100 different models coming out here in a short period of time. It's just impossible for any one player like Tesla, who uh, captured a good market share early on in this game, uh, to maintain, maintain that. That would be almost impossible. Uh, things are a little bit different in China, where the market is a little stranger, a little bit weirder, and uh, Tesla actually had a very good month in November. Tesla had been selling previously in the year, mostly between 10 and 15,000 cars per month in China. And now suddenly in November, that popped up to 20,000. So uh, maybe just maybe they're having a little bit of growth there after several months of standing still. And in the U.S., of course, we have another issue, which is that the overall size of the electric car market simply hasn't been very large. And a lot of the automakers, they have focused their production output to exporting those cars to Europe first because that is where they have to, for regulatory purposes, sell so and so many of them in order to avoid being hit by fines. So automakers have largely avoided the North American market, which has meant that the sheer number of uh, models that are available here in the U.S. is very, very small, and uh, automakers aren't pushing them quite as much, which means that overall not as many are sold, and that has left the field pretty open for Tesla to dominate, and that may continue for another uh, couple of quarters, but I think even that it will start to tighten up here uh, very significantly as we move throughout 2021. Let's talk about the market where we can buy electric cars. What are we expecting to happen in the USA? More vehicles on the way? What can we see arriving in show? rooms this year next year well we have uh within days from now not even weeks let alone months we have the ford mustang mach e which we have been salivating over now for about a year since we first saw it uh, and then after that we have a plug-in hybrid vehicle the jeep wrangler which started production just a couple of days ago and will be in dealerships in a matter of weeks from now and then later in the first quarter we have this volkswagen id4 which is the center of market crossover sort of like a Volkswagen Tiguan, the kind of car that a lot of people are buying, whether you're young and old or small family or not so small family. Everybody gravitates toward that type of vehicle. will be out by March, supposedly. Uh, and um, 
Yeah, so those are the next handful of vehicles that I think will be most significant for the U.S. market, specifically incrementally from where we are right now. And Tom Warman, independent analyst and investor, will keep up to date with all of his articles at the street and seeking alpha. He's definitely the person to go to if you want to learn about electric vehicles and what's happening in the automotive world as far as autonomous and uh, technology as well. Thank you, Anton, for being on the show. It's also uh, very important to know that what happens in China and what happens in Europe is a good reflection of what's going to happen in the United States because they are the leaders in these markets and they tend to test out these technologies before they get here. This is our auto expert. More to come. Stand by. You're listening to our auto expert. Your speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, play our auto expert radio show. And all the previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert radio show, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily, uh, along with truck girl Jen. Did you play with Hot Wheels as a kid? Of course. I still have some. I you still do? buy some. Um, I know. Uh, they were <laughs> matchbox cars in England. Yeah, we have both. Do? Yeah. You know uh, how Matchbox cars started, right? No. Uh, well, that's a different segment. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember Hot Wheels as a kid because it wasn't a big thing uh, for me in England. Yeah. But uh, they are like, I have some Hot Wheels now. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I allowed to say that? Hot Wheels? Uh, adults allowed to have Hot Wheels? Of course. I just okay. bought a new one the other day. You did? Yes. Was it a truck? No, it was actually a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I w- that was going to be my next question. Was yeah, it? I was know. It? Truck or Corvette? Uh, so, you know, Hot Wheels add new vehicles mm-hmm. on occasions. All the time. Uh, all the time, mm-hmm. or on occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Stairs, mm-hmm. Stairs is uh, joining us on the phone uh, to talk about the latest Hot Wheels that got added to the collection, which is kind of exciting because uh, it's not a brand new vehicle. Uh, you know, often you think, oh, it'd be a new car that came out this year. Right. Although those get added, but this is an actual classic. So, uh, Riley, tell us a little bit about the vehicle that you just added because it actually won its position as the 2020 Hot Wheels Legend uh, Tour winner. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, the car, it's a, it's a 1970 Pontiac Trans Am. Um, and, and, yeah, so I, I, I was able to, uh, I guess, take away the victory for uh, the third um, Hot Wheels Legends Tour. So I, I, I guess I get the honor of, of having my car made. Excellent. Uh, now, you live in Sacramento, right? I do, yeah. So I hope you watch me on Fox 40, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do the morning show on Fox 40 quite regularly over there and uh, talk about the cars in Sacramento. Um, so you own the full-size version of the vehicle? I do. And yeah. do you have a Hot Wheels version inside your full size? Because that would be very cool on the dash or something. I just, I, I will. Yeah, yeah. That is the plan. At some point, uh, you know, once they kind of finish up the the process of of making them, yeah, that that's the plan. I'll, I'll have to run out to my my local you know toy store, or Walmart, or Target, and um, try and beat the line and, and get me a few. I'm hoping that they'll send you yeah, a box. Yeah, they should probably send you a personalized <laughs> one. And if they don't, tell me and I'm going to call them and tell them to send you a box. That so, would be the... So how did you come up with this car? What was what was your motivation behind this car? Uh, so so I've I've kind of been around around cars, you know, my whole life. My dad always had, you know, cooler older American stuff and not not so much cuz they were cool builders or anything like that. Mostly just that's that's what uh what he what he chose to drive, what he what he enjoyed being in and uh 
you know, so I kind of grew up around those. And I guess, you know, growing up, um, you know, I started to tinker on my own cars. And my dad and I built a truck uh, when I was, uh, you know, 14. And we kind of tinkered on that for a while. And that, that ended up being my, my first first vehicle. And um, so it just kind of progressed. And, and uh, as I got older and, and started to kind of develop, you know, some of my own tastes, I ended up kind of leaning towards, you know, older American stuff and did, did about, you know, European cars and, uh, you know, just kind of found, found my way back to the American stuff and kind of an era that, uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to, to be around for, but the seventies, um, you know, that era of racing seemed like a really pure, fun time, you know? Um, and so, you know, I started, started tinkering on cars, you know, modifying cars and, uh, they just started to, they, they kind of kept going and kept getting bigger and grander and, and, you know, I had bigger ambitions for each car as, as time went by. And, um, for this car, I, I had started getting into, you know, track cars and, uh, you know, and, and the, the building and driving of them, um, prior to buying this car. And, um, you know, so I, I had sold a car that I had prior, um, that I kind of learned, you know, how to build a roll cage in and, um, decided, you know, I, if, if, this is something I want to keep going with, you know, I guess I gotta, I gotta find a test for myself. You know, I, I want to see how far I can go and, um, you know, kind of where my skills end and, and where my, my ability stops. And, um, you know, I've always, I've always tried to, to learn as much as I can, you know, through anything I'm doing. And so started looking around and, and, you know, the third gen or second gen Camaros and third gen Camaros and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was kind of always gravitated towards, towards the second gen, uh, Pontiac. So the Firebirds just, uh, they're kind of uncommon. They were pretty, really uncommon. You know, the, the split bumper Camaros are kind of the thing, um, of that era. And, um, so ended up, you know, saying, all right, I want to do, I want to do the Pontiac. It's kind of unique. I really like the portions and kind of the vision I had in my head of what I wanted to build. Um, you know, really kind of lent itself to the, to the Pontiac, um, you know, to the natural lines of it. And then, and, you know, I felt maybe the proportions could be evened out a little bit by these ideas that, you know, are kind of wild and crazy as far as their overall dimension, but, uh, but pretty subtle in, in, in actuality, you know, some flares and, and really widen the car and, um, kind of, you know, start to, to even out the proportions of the thing. And so I got searching and, uh, you know, found the car I ended up buying and, um, from there just really kind of dug in and, and decided I was going to try and build as much of the car as I, as I could, um, you know, and find out, find out where I, where I succeeded, where I failed and, and, you know, ultimately what, uh, you know, see if the, the car could come out like the picture I had in my head, you know, and, uh, thankfully, thankfully it did. It, I have to tell you, just looking at it, it's so pleasurable to look at. Like even, even if it, I mean, it looks like obviously that it's an incredible race car, but it's so the proportions are just so nice, um, and the and the way the hood kind of goes down at the mm -hmm. front, and the lines across the side of the body, the long doors. Uh, um, I'm not sure how much it differs from uh, the the pre modified version of the vehicle because I'd have to see them side by side, but you did such a good your eye and your design. It just makes my soul sing to look at it. And uh, you I, did an absolute. Yeah, it's like I look at I'm very, very, very choosy about 
good looking cars. He and, is. And I, I'm very picky about older cars. Like I, a lot of things that people search after and think are very pretty in older cars, I'm just not into. And um, a lot of times the cars win awards and I'm like, nah, nah, doesn't, this definitely does it for me. I mean, even how low the hood is, and I look at the gap between the top of the rear we a wheel well and the trunk, there's no gap there at all. Like it looks, you know, it looks like the metal is pencil thin at the top. You just did an incredible yeah. job there. Incredible job. I can't imagine, I, yeah. I can't imagine the hours of engineering it took you and the tears. I mean, there's probably a whole TV show. So when are you expecting the, uh, the Hot Wheels car to be on shelves? Uh, so that's something that, that's kind of yet to be, to, iron, to be ironed out. I know that they've got quite a bit of designing to do. Um, I spoke with a couple of the gentlemen when, when we were at the uh, Legends Tour finale when I was picking right. the car up, and uh, they, they basically said, you know, it, it does take a while. The design, initial design process is, is fairly speedy. Right. At the time, it was uh, it was the weekend. They said on Monday they'll, they'll hit the ground running with it. Um, but it'll but be I some. It'll, take... it'll yeah. I'm guessing it'll be sometime next year. I mean, we are, we've been told 2021. So hey, we're out of time, yeah. uh, Riley. But congratulations, and we'll have to get you on Fox 40 in Sacramento next time I'm uh, I'm in town. I'll give you a shout, and we'll try and get you to bring the car in. Uh, there's more Our Auto Expert. Check it out. Ourautoexpert.com. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. Yeah.